Hey, it's Brennan again. Thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I hope you'll go to iTunes and leave a review of this podcast because that's how we continue to work and get so many great guests. So head on over to iTunes and leave a review and rate us if you will. Today, I'm super excited because I am interviewing Ryan Reese of Reese Films. Ryan and I have worked together for about two years and he does all of my real estate videos. He created Reese Films, but he is just another team member at the company. And we talk all about what it takes to create a successful real estate video that keeps consumers interested and wanting to buy. So without further ado, here we are in episode 11. Tell me what I'm seeing, how to create a real estate video that helps sell your home. You are listening to the Close to Home podcast the lifestyle and real estate podcast centered in Seattle. I'm Brennan Klaus, and I'm a broker at Avenue Properties. Hello, and welcome to Close to Home. I'm super excited today to have Ryan Reese here. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Brent. How you doing? Good. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Good. Thanks for coming. And let's just start off, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, how long you've been in business, what's your title, and... How did you get where you are today? Um, how did I get where I'm at today? Uh, slowly. I made my first video in 1999 when I was 12 um, and got my first gig when I was 15. And that was kind of all, all, I, all I focused on ever since. Um, I went to film school, uh, started um, then started working in the field and met um, eventually met uh, a, a good mentor in the industry. and. Um, my parents were brokers too, so the combination of, of the two, I, I just got pulled into. I got pulled into making films in real estate because um, I saw that just everything that was in every every video that was in real estate just kind of sucked. So I thought um, I could do something about that and make make really great films and great video affordable in the real estate market. Um, so that's when we moved into that, um, and all of that kind of happened around 2012, 2013. Um, that's kind of when we. That's when I founded the LLC. Mm-hmm. That's Corp now, but that's when we got started. It's 2013. Yeah. So what's it? What's it called? And what's your your role? My company's called Reese Films. Um, my role, uh, I've, myself included. There's three shooters on my team, and I, I do a lot of filming. But most of my time is spent on the phone or uh, on email. I would say so, um, or in the office with the team. Yeah. So you're the you're the founder and, and president. Do you call yourself president or CEO? Uh, founder maybe, but with, <laughs> with the team, I don't want, I don't, I don't ever want them to call me the boss. Yeah. I want them, um, to call me a teammate. So when they introduce me to like the friends or their, or their family or something, yeah. um, we're all, we're all teammates because everybody, everybody's got, I, I have my role, my responsibilities and they have their roles and their responsibilities and we all have to work together to keep this thing going. Yeah. So that's kind of my philosophy on that. So I don't really, I mean, yeah, I founded the company on my own, but, um, I'm, I'm a, Filmmaker, cinematographer, director, um, emailer, yeah. caller. <laughs> Part of the another, another member of the team. Marketing. <laughs> what uh, what got you interested in film? You said you made your first film at twelve. Do you remember kind of like what sparked your interest? Um, well, I got started doing skateboard videos. Yeah. So, uh, I just the more I did video, um, the more ideas I had, and uh, they were doing skateboard videos, and, and we were getting a really good response. We were having, by the time we were 15, we were having premieres for them. There's all these people showing up. 
So I got more uh, satisfaction out of that than I did the actual skateboarding. Um, the more satisfaction out of getting a response out of out of people watching your video and being able to influence how they feel, or um, you know, being able to capture something um, on video and make it make make it look good. You know, make make the gap look bigger, make the stairs look longer. You know, um, that kind of that was the seed that got planted. Yeah, and it just started growing. And I mean, after I got my first gig, I, pr I pretty much quit skateboarding, and I just focused on filmmaking. Yeah, absolutely. And so now, are you exclusively in real estate videos, or do you ever venture outside of real estate? Yeah, we do a lot of projects. We just did one for Ducati, and um, we work with other brands too. So it's not just real estate, but I'd say probably seventy-five percent of what we do is real estate. Yeah, that's awesome. It's not just residential; we'll do commercial too. Like right. We work with some commercial builders downtown. Um, that's some of our favorite work. Is the skyscraper work? Yeah. There's so many cool angles. Yeah. So yeah. Many ways you can shoot it. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm addicted to your Instagram, so <laughs> I can't deny that there's there's some good angles and really cool shots. Um, so diving in a little bit about well, residential and commercial real estate. What do you, as a cinematographer or shooter, what are a few things you think people should think about when they create videos of properties that they want to sell? That's a good question. Um, I think the market is, is shifting. Before, it was all about showing the rooms um, and moving the camera. I, I think now it's starting to shift towards storytelling, and um, that shift started to happen a few years ago. And now it's starting to shift again towards uh, you know more YouTube-oriented vlog-type stuff. And that's the kind of content uh, that that we that, that consumers are wanting to see. You see all these vlogs popping up everywhere, and they're and people are eating them up. Um, so I was, I was at breakfast uh, with a client of mine on Saturday and, um, he's, he's a top broker and he was telling me, um, he went in, and one, one of those things, $14 million home that they're bringing on on the water. And the client was like, okay, the cinematic video, great, but you know, what's your blog like, you know, where's, where's, where's this, where's this stuff going on YouTube? What's, you know, how, how are you going to tie this into your blog? That's what we care about because that's what we think is going to help sell the home. Interesting. Um, and that's what that's what uh, that top broker told me. So he, he told me that you know for that video we had to find a way to blend the two. Mm -hmm. um, we have the you know the, the big aerial shots and mix it in with all the cinematic architecture type cinematography and, and mix that together into one. So that's kind of our next uh, venture. I think is blending the two. Um, obviously, you know portraying lifestyle too and cinematic stuff is always going to be around. But um, I'm experiencing a bit of a shift. Yeah, and when you say blog, what, do you mean more of the person in front of the camera yeah. talking? Is more that narrative stuff. More narrative, yeah. interesting. And is that because, do you think the shift from like the, um, what did, I forget what you called it, like the storyline of the home to the narration, is this because people need to feel more emotion when they watch videos? Is it because it makes them feel more connected to the home? What do you think it is? Well, it's like, well, tell me what, show, tell me what you're seeing. Tell, tell me what I'm seeing. Right. Uh, you just show all the rooms and... Team Foster's done a great job over this over the years of, of narrating their, their, their listing films. Mm -hmm. um, and they've gotten a really great response from it. And I think it's helped build, build their brand um, as all the, those videos that they've done over the years uh, with the narration. So um, that's becoming more and more and more standard, I think. Yeah. You have to do it that way. Yeah, totally. And this kind of gets into my next question. Why do you think video is important over photographs? Not many brokers choose to pay for a video. And I think that's a big mistake. What, what do you think is important about video over photography? Um, or in addition to photography, maybe? A couple of reasons. One, from like from like a technological standpoint, from an engagement standpoint, uh, 
Instagram and Facebook rank posts by the amount of time a user spends on that post. So if that user is spending more than 10 or 15 seconds on a post on the feed before they scroll down to the next one, Instagram and Facebook will rank that higher. It's, there's a lot of there's a lot of it that goes into that ranking, and video video just gets ranked higher than photos. Um, it's more it's just more engaging content rather than just a photo. Not that photos are bad, um, but video seems to get ranked higher for a number of reasons. And just because you have a thousand followers on your on your account doesn't mean that every single time you post, a thousand people are going to see it. So if you post if you post uh, if you post a, a content in video format, it's more likely more people are going to see it, just because the platforms are favoring it. So that's one thing. Also, with a, with a video, you can tell a story, uh, you can influence, you can convey emotion, you can do all kinds of stuff that you can't just do through words uh, or a photograph. And um, I mean, you can go super deep with it. So those are some of the reasons why I think video is super prevalent. Yeah. Um, also, you just you. You see the motion. You see, you see. You see. You see the water twinkling. You see the the wind blowing in the leaves. You. You. It's just. It's different than if it was just stale and still. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So that's why. Uh, that's why I think video is so much better than photograph. Yeah. Yeah. It really portrays the, the emotive lifestyle that you're trying to capture. We talk about this all the time when we're selling real estate or talking about our clients is figuring out understanding the lifestyle that they want before you match them to the house. And I think that video is a huge, important part of portraying that lifestyle, making sure people know what that lifestyle could look like in that home. It's just like when you use staging. You want people to know what it feels like in the home mm-hmm. and why they should picture themselves there. Well, and you see how the house flows, like room to room. Yeah. You know, or you just see people in the space. And it will give you an actual representation for how, how the space lives, how it flows, and how big it is. Because without a human in there, there's no... There's no um, uh, Reference to size, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, what differentiates a good video versus a bad video? What are some things people should look out for? Uh, music. Yeah, like we never do our clients with elevator music. <laughs> <laughs> but I think music is so. That's one of the most important things. It's so important because uh, a lot of there's so much there's so much emotion that can that can be conveyed through music, um, and every home has a different story and. Every home has a different feeling, a different emotion, and every home needs a different song. You know, if if, if the home's going to go to a younger buyer, then then you're going to need to cater towards that audience. Or if it's an old gaudy, you know, McMansion, that's probably going to go towards, um, you know, an older family. Or if it's you know a retirement home type type thing, or something that you think a you know older couple's going to buy, that's going to cater towards something something else. Or if it's a big modern waterfront or a big modern downtown condo, that's going to need a different type of music. So you got to be very uh, cognizant of that. Um, also, the, the equipment that you use is really important. Like, um, a lot of times the, the colors in the room, are, they vary every time. So some people have fluorescent lights, some people have incandescent lights, some people have just mixed lighting, um, and that can be a big problem, mixed with the outside lighting. So you need a camera that has the ability to cha- to really tweak and dial that stuff in, and there's not a whole lot of cameras that shoot that way. It's called raw, shoot filming in raw, and you need you need that ability. And but unfortunately, that comes with a big price tag. Um, so having good equipment is really important. Um, good good framing um, and just really good talented people behind the camera. There's a lot of people that just get a gimbal or a steady cam and they just move to the room, but the framing's off and the colors are whack, um, and it's just a lot of it's kind of jarring. Yeah. Um, so all that stuff comes in comes into play, and the storytelling and the editing side is important too. So 
the difference between good video and bad video, music, framing, um, the kind of equipment that you're using. <clears throat> like a lot of people would just use these little drones, little white ones that have like a GoPro on it or a wide angle lens. That's it just it just doesn't look good. Um, you know, and the ability to, to film it raw in the drone too is another big another big um, important thing because the colors are always different. So you really need to be able to, you really need to be able to, to dial that in. So um, I mean, our drones, some of our drones are like six feet wide, almost six feet wide, um, to carry the, these big cameras, and, and it's all and it's impressive too for the for our client's client for the for the you know if, if you're a broker and you're bringing out a pro team and they've got a six foot wide drone, and the other broker who tried to sell their house before, you know their their video people had the little white one. I mean, it makes a really good impression too. Yeah, um, the pro equipment, but um, I think that's that's the difference. There's a lot. There's no one thing that's the difference. It's a bunch of little things that add up that make a good video. Yeah. It is quite a spectacle to uh, see the drone <laughs> start to take off and go from the ground and then land and everyone around kind of like watch it. They stop in their tracks and they're pretty impressed, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, we did a shoot for you. Yeah, yeah. Downtown. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the parking lot, people were like just stopping dead in their tracks, like yeah. watching us, <laughs> hiding from the security guard. <laughs> I, I was nervous at first when I first started doing all this, but now I just I don't really care anymore because... Nothing bad ever happens. Yeah. You know, people just ask questions, you know, or, or, I mean, we're allowed to fly in that airspace, so. Right. You Have know. you ever had any run-ins with people where you've gotten in trouble or anything? Like, had an odd? No, never got in trouble, but we've, we've definitely had an odd. We've, I mean, I think one in every 100 um, aerial sessions, there's an issue with people. We've, we've never had a, a, a big crash or anything, or there's, there's never been an incident with, with us, but, like, one time we were filming out on, I think, Whitby Island, and... Uh, we we're filming with the big drone, and it was a, it was a, it wasn't a waterfront home, but the, the home was on a on a big ridge overlooking the water, and the water was just down below, so te technically maybe it was waterfront. But we're doing these moves where um, you know we're straddling the uh, property line of of the the listing and the neighbor's home. We, we try not to fly over over other people's homes without without letting letting them know first. Um, but uh, we were filming the home um, against the back the backdrop the Puget Sound. And we were doing these moves, going out, going out on straddling the property line, and going out over the ridge, over the water, and just coming back and forth. We were getting a bunch of different moves with, with the camera. And uh, all of a sudden, this guy, the neighbor, just comes storming around the corner, and he's like, "What the hell are you guys doing? We got eagles flying over here, forty knots, or, or something like that." He was just screaming at us. Um, and this happens sometimes where people get. Uh, it's not happening so much anymore. Uh, now that drones are be people are getting used to them, but people think that we're invading on their privacy and we're just we're just taking pictures of the listing. So we, we get a lot of stuff like that, and they, it took a little while for that guy to calm down. Fortunately, the broker was there and he was able to kind of run interference while we finished our sunset shots. But um, you know, we were kind of thinking afterwards. We're pretty sure eagles have really good vision because they can <laughs> see fish underneath the water. Yeah, but um, we don't. Yeah, you know, we we haven't had any issues with birds flying into our drones. Yeah. Yet. Yeah, that's good. And what, um, I think you've told me this before, but what sort of uh, certification do you have to have to fly in that airspace? Like, you guys have a high level of clearance, don't you? Um, no. Uh, I mean, you, to fly drones, you need to get, um, you got to get what's called your Part 107. And that's just your, your commercial your commercial drone pilot license. Okay. I guess I meant high level. Like, most people don't go to that length to get that. Is that correct? You're right. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're filming downtown, uh, you need to get you need to get a clearance from uh, from the city to fly down there. 
Um, and if you're flying after dark, after sunset, there's another there's another clearance you need to get again. Um, and there's some airspaces like Mercer Island, for example. It's, it's almost a no-fly zone. It's still class two airspace. It's uncontrolled, which is up to 400 feet off the deck, but the Brenton, the Boeing field is right there. So you get a lot of planes coming in, coming in uh, to land, and um, they're, I mean, they're just a couple hundred feet off, off, off the ground there in, in Mercer Island. So uh, both of my drone pilots are also pilots. So um, they understand traffic control, and, and when we do shoots in Mercer Island, for example, we bring the, they've been bringing the radio. So usually we'll we'll call the tower and get clearance, um, and sometimes sometimes the answer is no. Yeah, if it's really busy. But if it's not a very busy day, um, then it's fine. So you just got to be careful and you got to follow the rules. But um, I mean, you can fly the drone pretty much anywhere as long as you have permission. But you just got to ask. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty some, fascinating. Some people would just do and ask for forgiveness later. Yeah, and we've done that. <laughs> Uh, probably always better to ask, or maybe not. Just go ahead and then ask for forgiveness later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, what would you tell brokers who are not creating videos right now when they're trying to sell homes? Well, if there's one thing you could t- say to them, what would that be? To be honest with you, I'm not really sure that. I mean, yes, the videos help sell the home. They do, um, and and sellers are starting to expect it, but. Um, I think that the videos are more are becoming more. I think the videos are more best suited to help the broker get more listings because it's just the video and the listing photos. That's what you see. So, and video is more, more um, video can have more of an impact if the video is done correctly. I mean, if the video is just horrible, um, then it can do more harm than good. But if it's if it's professionally done, um, then it can have a, a really positive impact. So, I think. Um, I think for the broker, you know, you're kind of missing a lot of opportunity by not doing it. Um, and with uh, the prevalence of social media, Instagram and Facebook and, and even Snapchat, it's super important to be putting to be putting good stuff out in there. And I think a lot of um, sellers are starting to look at, even even if, yeah, sellers are starting to look at, at people's Instagram and Facebook pages before they even go to the website. Like if you're looking for a broker, a lot of the times it's you, it's through someone you know or a recommendation or um, I mean your, your, your friend's a broker or whatever but you're not going to know your friend's a broker or you're going to forget that your friend is a broker if they're not if they're not putting out content on on social media and putting out a good polished listing video is a really great great way to reach um, more clients or maintain you know maintain the clients you have throughout their their buying cycle because if they buy a home every few years or move every 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 three to ten years. Uh, you want to make sure that you're, that, that you're in their mind. Um, so putting out good video is um, is a really good way to keep building your business and maintain the business that you have. So, and having a good video is 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 um, is super key. Like I, I have these really good friends, and they moved down to Malibu from Washington. And um, when they were showing me these homes, these multi-million dollar homes that they were buying, I mean they all had videos. Um, and when they were okay, hey, we should put an offer on this house or whatever. They sent me the video. They didn't send me anything else. Yeah. They sent me the video. Yeah. Maybe it's a little jaded because this is what I do. So they sent me the video. But um, that was what they shared with me. Hey, this is where we're moving to. Check out the video. Um, I think it's really important for sellers. At least I, I just observed that it obviously is um, from a number of interactions I've had with friends who are buying homes. So I think that's that's what I think. Yeah, I agree. The video is the most exciting part, honestly. I mean, if you're going to watch anything about a home, that's, a, that's the one you want to see. Uh, cool. So how... Um, 
Well, wrapping up a little bit. So something I'm asking every guest, what's your favorite room in your home and why? My favorite room in my home, um, I have a loft. Uh, it's a big loft. Um, so I would have to say the, uh, the kitchen. The yeah. loft is cool because it opens up into the, into the my seating area and there's really high ceilings and big windows. Um, and it's just, it's just, I don't really spend a lot of time in my home because I'm not working a lot, but I, I like the kitchen. Because that's where you that's where you hang out with friends. That's where you you make a meal together. That's where you spend your time in the morning. Um, you know, having I, I drink a lot of coffee in the morning, so that's that's just my time to kind of um, to kind of ramp up for the day. Um, I, I spend the time in, in, in my kitchen. Um, all friends over for breakfast or dinner and stuff, and that's just that's just where all this all the social stuff happens. Yeah, yeah I, totally. I think <clears throat> most people. I, I mean, most people's they're, they're the time that the the room where they have the best memories in it was probably probably going to be the kitchen. What, out of all the people you've asked, what's the most common answer? Um, yeah, usually somewhere where like the family can gather. Yeah. Um, I had one that the answer was a guest bedroom, but that's because it was designed really well. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it is around like places that people gather and you know that you share time together. Kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Kitchen for sure. For sure. Um, okay, great. So how can people find you and get a hold of you? What's the best way? Uh, you can find us at reesefilms.com or you can go to our Instagram at reesefilms. That's R-E-E-S-E, like the candy bar. Um, or you can just call us at the office, 206-602-683. Um, either way, we're happy to answer your questions. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Brett. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening to the Close to Home podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple or wherever you find this podcast. If you'd like to contact me, Brennan Klaus, about any of your real estate needs, you can find me at 206-899-9101 or at brennanklaus.com. That's B-R-E-N-N-E-N-C-L-O-U-S-E dot com.